This is the MagicWordPodcast.com. The morning session is about to begin, and in fact, it's going to begin within about 10 minutes or so. Uh, but uh, everybody has been lining up. The theater seats 800 people, which is why the limit of the mem- uh, registration is 1,600, so they can have two sessions. We have one more session in the morning, and uh, contiguous with this, we have another group of 800 who are meeting for uh, some shorter lectures, three different lectures. You get a choice of two out of three. And this afternoon, I'll be uh, going to hear that too, and I'm going to go and try catch. Charlie Fry is one of those. But right now I'm sitting next to a friend of mine who you perhaps have heard if you followed us on Magic and Martinis Thursday during COVID. Uh, this is uh, one of the hardest working trade show guys you're going to meet right here is Scott Topar. Hey there, Scott. Hey, hey. How's it going? <laughs> Fine, thank you. I remember also, I've got, I've got a DVD of yours that I, I think we may have talked about this briefly some time ago, that was about doing magic in hospitals. Because when I was doing something uh, back when... Pre-COVID, we were doing things like at the uh, Children's Hospital and things and doing walk-around. You had some great ideas. Who was the other guy who was working with you? Harrison Carroll. Harrison, that's right. Yeah, out of Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not really intended for magicians. It's really more intended for the clinician. Yes. Um, The idea behind it is to teach doctors and nurses how to break the ice and build rapport by using magic and objects found in and around the exam room. Like their latex, or not latex, but their gloves, rubber gloves. Well, you know, actually, for some of them, they are latex. And, yeah. and, and I explain that as I teach it today. Cut and restored stethoscope. Yeah. Touch, yes, yes. I, I did that, too. Exactly. That's a gra- <laughs> and I've got, some, I've got some tips on that one now, too, in my yeah. lecture. Okay. But, um, uh, yeah, they're all objects like needles and gloves and otoscopes and stethoscopes and tongue depressors to make that magical in doctor's hands. So mm-hmm. if they have a... A timid, uh, scared, especially young patient, grab a tongue depressor, it becomes a paddle move, Mm -hmm. and I teach a couple of different paddle tricks using that in a really easy way to understand. But but, but I've had a lot of hospital clowns and a lot of folks that are volunteering in the hospital use it as well. Well, I have a, uh, a gown, actually, that has the name Scott Wells Magician on it. And I put a stethoscope around my neck, and I had my pockets filled with stuff. So when I would go into a room, I figured that these children, every time they see someone with a white coat come in, it's like, oh, he's going to stick me with a needle or poke or prod me. I want them to feel as if th- there should be some joy in their heart. And That's I wanted a- them to have a positive uh, look when someone with a white coat comes in. Then they're going to have some fun, possibly. That is, that is awesome. That's yeah. great. And I feel like that I kind of achieved that goal. And You know, you always walk into every room with a smile on your face. You don't want to look depressed uh, whenever that you go in of like, oh, boy, you know, this is going to be a hard one or whatever. Well, I tell clinicians all the time, there's been studies that say that if you walk into a room and sit on the bed yeah. to engage with the patient, the time spent with them is perceived as tripled. So really? every minute That's equals three minutes in their mind of recall. Yeah. So when you do a magic trick, when you do something totally separate... Remember, we, if, if I fool someone, they're thinking about that trick for yeah. an hour later. Sure. So the visit seems like an hour because you did something so different and fun. Part of the reason I think also, Scott, that it seems like it might last longer than it actually did is because you got to remember when you go in there that sometimes these uh, children in particular are medicated, and so they're really not kind of with it. But think that you're also entertaining and not just performing for the family and the people who are friends and are staying there because they've been 
going through a lot, and they're oh, yeah. they're trying to keep up also. And so this is really more for them. And they can talk about that for the next days, you know, with their child about, oh, look at this experience we just had. Exactly. You know, wasn't that great when the magician did such and such? And that's why know? it's fun to leave uh, a tongue depressor with, yeah, them, with them or something because then it reminds them of that visit. Well, that's yeah. part of the thing is you can't touch things. And that's why sponge balls. You, you can't do sponge balls in, in hospitals because or, or even card tricks. You can't pick a card. If you do, you got to leave the card, you know. I can't have you sign the card because... You know, they don't want to spread one germ to the next room or right, whatever. Right. So I'll just say, what is your name? And I would then uh, sign their name and you know, on Jeff, the card. Jeff McBride talks about gifting. Yes, gift magic. Uh, and, right. and, I, and, and I think that's one of the most brilliant things he's ever come up with and said. And I and I follow through that, not just in in, in, the, in the hospital and, and side effects, but... By the way, the name of the product, it, if, everything is side hyphen FX. And where um, can they uh, get that? Yeah, it's on Amazon. Um, the videos, um, I'm releasing them every once in a while on YouTube. So, hey, all, all of my uh, you know magic listeners there, you, you don't need to go and buy the DVD. Just you know, but but the book has like 101 tricks in it, extra stuff. Yeah. that's available on Amazon. Yeah. Well, here we are, at Magic Live, and uh, I, I see you regularly. You know, coming to these then as well. Uh, and we never know what's going to be happening or who's coming up next. It's always exciting. And aside from the wonderful subjects we're going to be learning and seeing, uh, is there anything you're looking forward to about oh, why you, you know, came? This is Old Home Week. You know, of the magic conventions, I see more professional, full-time magicians at this convention mm-hmm. than anywhere else. So it's really fun to bump into these people and find out how things are going and I mean, we keep up with each other on, on social media and sure. maybe phone calls, but it's always so great to just, you know, hug someone and, and say hi to That's them. That's a good point, being able to hug someone because, you know, for so many years that we couldn't. So this way we really get to see somebody and uh, spend some quality time then with them then as well. And uh, I also know that uh, it's, again, something that we have been looking forward to all year long. One of the, you know, it's the elephant on the, on the, in the, in the room. I mean, it's, it's the biggest thing going all year long. I mean, the largest yeah, convention this, in this the U.S. This in Blackpool, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I, that's the ones that I think of when I think of these massive conventions, yeah. But the, you're talking about the people who that we see. One of the reasons I think they have this during the weekday is because that's why we do see a lot of professional magicians because a lot of the guys who are doing magic, maybe part-time pros, amateurs or whatever, but they're doing shows on the weekends. People like you and some others are doing trade shows. It's kind of hard for yeah, them to Yeah, it's a little harder, but this is yeah. summer, and summer is my usually... My slow season. Yeah. I just came back from a five-city sales meeting tour yeah. in the Midwest uh, in, in, in July. I, that's unheard of. I, wow. Did Everything you, is going great this year. Did you, do you feel like things have picked up considerably, obviously, oh, after COVID? And, oh, you know? way. The yeah. trade shows are at capacity. The sales meetings are back. The activations, because I'm doing all commercial activations for, for companies that... At special events, like golfing and sure. motorcycle rallies, and and uh, you know tennis matches and, and things like this, where they want something special. Right. So um, you know my, my company, Corporate Effects, is the one that that does that. Wow. It, yes, it's. I, I was thinking at the beginning of the year that this would equal 2019. We have surpassed 2019 already, already right now in yeah. August. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. 
Well, Scott, always good to uh, see you as well. Great to see you. I always like you. seeing your pictures on Instagram with everybody that got their hands up and everything. Oh, that's and kind of a signature, yeah. It is signature for you. <laughs> you need to follow him on Instagram. What is your Just handle? Scott Tokar, S-C-O-T-T-T-O-K-A-R. There you are. Be sure and uh, follow him. Like and subscribe. There you go. <laughs> Same thing with this podcast. Do that, too. So the Magic Word Podcast. That was my buddy, Scott Tokar. Scotty out. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, boy. Everybody get a good night's sleep? I had great intentions, and then I found this little magic shop upstairs. Eminent failure. All lost. Well, I'm Stan Allen, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to Las Vegas, and welcome you to the earnings. Welcome to Magic Live. This is the fun part. The dry erase boards come to life. <laughs> Find out if it was really a good idea or not. So uh, we'll all learn that together. Um, I do want to just say that uh, one of my favorite parts of Magic Live started at the very first one in events, these general sessions. And Rick Gerber and his crew, they're all set for us. And we got three wonderful days of them. And they're just my favorite. I love them all. So I'm going to get out of your way. And just say, enjoy. I, again, it's just this is a uh, just a powerhouse of people who are here, and it's amazing to see so many people that uh, come to this convention that we don't get to see very often. However, this is a gentleman that uh, we get together from time to time because he attends. Almost as many conventions as I do, it seems like. He doesn't just attend, he's performing. Here he is, Michael Lamar. Hey, Michael. Hi, Scott. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, we were at, uh, uh, earlier when I saw you this year. Uh, up at Vectors, uh, was it? Yeah, we were at 4F also, but there was another convention. It wasn't the Winter Carnival, but there was. Uh, you had another convention you did this year. Yeah, you know, the conventions kind of blur together. Yeah. Is there one that stands out? I mean, why do you come to Magic Live? I mean, you're not, are you performing? Well, this is, no, this is uh, one of the rare cases where I just want to come and, and hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to perform it enough to kind of scratch my convention itch, you know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I don't often just decide to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, you know, a gathering like this, you know, every time you turn a corner, you find somebody that you, you're happy to talk to. It is. Yeah, and, and that's the darn thing is that I feel so very fortunate, first of all, to have friends like you and others that we can sit and chat with. But number two is to have this podcast that I can actually talk to. You just hit... Huh? I, I just felt a spray of something. Uh, oh, something... That was weird. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, like a, a maybe some squirt gun or something. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, hope so. <laughs> uh, that I was saying about how that there are so many people here that I have an opportunity to record with the podcast so we can spend at least five or ten minutes of some quality time together. Because usually everybody you see, like at the bar last night or wherever, it's like, you know, hey, Mike, say, oh, there's Jamie and Swiss. Oh, there's Benichek. Yeah. You know, so you're talking to everybody. Well, this you know? gives you a, a real, this gives you a chance to yeah. really Sit find down. some... Uh, quality time yeah. Uh, yeah. One, one person at a time which a lot of people don't get to do 
you know. Uh, yep, a lot of times they're just passing in the hallway. So I wanted to ask you about uh, you and Hannah still doing the, or are you and Hannah still doing the um, uh, seances? I'm only trying to say the midnight oh, the, seance. I mean the, the spirit, spirit camp. You know, we'd love to. Uh, During COVID, I guess we you probably haven't since. poised to do it at the Magic Castle, uh, mm-hmm. March 16th. Uh, <laughs> what a, what and, a famous and, day that was in 2020, and, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and March 15th, they closed the, the castle. Yeah. Uh, but that was the experience we were looking for. You know, we always did it as a one-off thing. I remember that was the very first show. I went to the castle, and I did see Francis and and uh, Glenn, Gwen, uh, Glenn doing that on the stage. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is great. First time. Anyhow. Well, one thing about that act is, is it's just been honed over 80 or 90 years and, and hundreds and thousands of performances. So they've really isolated the, 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 the best bits, you know, uh, and, and it's just structured so well. But we all, we'd always do it as a one-off, you know. We'll, uh, it takes two or three months to gear up for something like that. Yeah. It's really Unless a you do it on a regular thing. basis, yeah. So you do it once, and they say, that was great. Then you don't do it again for two years, three years, and it's it's like starting over every time. Uh-huh. But the chance to have done it twenty-one times in a week, yeah, that would have okay. Now you now you've hit your stride with yeah. it, you know, and you worked out all the the, the, the little kinks, you know, where everything's got to be uh, to make everything work. And uh, I, obviously, there are some timing things between the two of you. I mean, in which she has to have it's a surprising amount of stuff going on. You know, to More make it might look think. like yeah. nothing's going on. Sure, that's where all the, a lot of work goes into making it seem like you just open and close the curtain, and and all this stuff happens, um, and and that choreography, and 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 all the props you use, whether it's the the, the pie pans or the bells or, or the hammers, all of or the bucket <laughs> that yeah. ends up on the guy's hands, all of that's. It's got to be very specific, you know, mm-hmm. special kind of stuff. Yeah. Even the tacks that uh, that nail the cloth wow. into the board, yeah. you know, are a special kind that are easy to handle. And I hadn't really like thought that. about that. And the wood probably has to be you know, it, soft it, enough, you know, the, to the, the get base a nail in. has to be a certain thing. The the, yeah. the backboard has to be a certain thing. Um, so the, yeah, Is the lighting every little detail matters yeah. on that. Uh, and and the lighting less so. It's not dependent on light. Okay. So you can pretty much work yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, that's a beautiful thing. It's a 360-degree illusion. Uh, Have you ever had to work in a theater? You know, I'm thinking about subtrunks, for an example. There's something, you know, you, you might be uh, giving an instructional view for the balcony. So do you just kind of right. move it upstage? We, well, we haven't had that experience, but that that's... I, I seem to recall Francis commenting on a time when um, th- there was like a two or three balcony mm. Uh, thing, yeah. you know, and it just really is a different experience. <laughs> yeah. uh, looking down on the <laughs> the spirit cabinet, it's, it's a whole different show. That's why I'm thinking if you move it too far upstage, they can't see anything. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, but it, it's 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 a very intelligent construction the way they do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this is a full. It looks like a full room. On stage, but really, it's just a metal frame and curtains, so it, it plays very big. It looks like a lot to travel with, but uh, it actually packs up pretty small. I mean, the pipes, telescoping, kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah, and they all kind of go together a certain way. Um, Probably so, the heaviest part's the curtains. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a very thick curtain because you know 
even the pulling of the curtain. It's a certain type of rings that make a certain kind of sound. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and, and stuff like yeah. that. So every little detail yeah. on that, uh, to a surprising extent. Uh, and and Glenn had worked that all out with, well, I guess that Francis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, who... Francis was doing it first. Obviously, it was yeah. her dad's. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, Willard's. And so mm-hmm. then um, she taught that to Glenn when they got married. Exactly. How'd that work out? Exactly. Okay. Uh, and and how uh, how what they call front the front the the, the cabinet. Oh. <clears throat> you know, to be the guy that pulls the curtain and opens and closes the right. curtain. And because uh, her mom did that before, is that right? When she traveled with Harry Willard, or uh, her. her she took over f- when her mother passed. Okay, uh, being in the cabinet. Right, uh, but her mom yeah. was in the cabinet. What was I was in the cabinet before, yeah, before that. Initial, right. right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's um, and and you know, if it was just another uh, effect, it, it wouldn't be that uh, important mm-hmm. to us. But the the, the history makes it uh, really uh, significant. Like, you know, if, if I were to do that, it's not the same as you and, you you and uh, Hannah doing it. I mean, yeah, because she's I mean, the Willard family. Yeah, both for the audience and for us. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that, that history thing makes a, a big difference. Yeah. You know, very rare three and four generation things mm-hmm. going on in, in uh, American magic. That's right. So are you going to be passing this on? Oh, wow. You know, the children, I, we got to... I wouldn't predict. I wouldn't. I wouldn't count on that. I wouldn't count on it at this point. <laughs> okay. But uh, you can never tell. Yeah. Never well, say never. I don't think Harry Blackstone Jr. was interested in magic until later. until late in the game. Right. Right. So you know, never say never. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys might be gone in the future and saying, you know, Mom and Dad really did something cool. I yeah. think I want to do that. Well, maybe we should tie each other up and nail, us, <laughs> nail ourselves to a board. <laughs> there must have been something to that. I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been something to that. Well, I was kind of wondered about that, and so I appreciate that. Well, Michael, as always, good talking to you, man. My pleasure, Scott. <laughs> I'm enjoying this convention on so many different levels, and it's always good to see friends like you. So for the Magic Word Podcast, that was Michael Lamar. Scotty out. We just finished the final evening show for the first day. And this is not completed the first day because there's so many different activities and there's just not enough room for everybody to be seated and all these things. And the logistics uh, has to be a nightmare that Stan goes through all this time because uh, some of us were seeing the evening show and next year at about 10.30 in about another couple hours I'm going to go see the Ben Seidman show. And uh, some of those people who saw his show earlier are going to be going into the theater. And there's still something else going on and people having dinner. And I'm here right now with Connie Boyd. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. I'm just trying to keep things sorted. Whoever one is, I'm seeing even. Yeah. Because I'm seeing so many people. This is just an amazing convention. Uh, it is. And I've met so many people that I met at FISM mm-hmm. that are here as well. And you can see there's sort of a camaraderie that you, you every time you see them, it, that you sort of have an ongoing relationship so it's really special it really is and that's something about uh, this convention because there are so many people that do come here that also attend the other conventions whereas whenever you attend some sort of a regional local or statewide convention that's the only convention some people go to so when I go and see those people it's only at that convention here I run into people that I have seen at the IBM or SAM or other conventions you know Blackpool or wherever you know yeah, no, absolutely. It's um, a great mix of people, and um, I don't have a lot of experience with conventions because when I was working, I was working all the time, and it was very not cost-effective to bring magic or illusions to a to a convention. So I really don't have a lot of experience with it. Really, last year at FISM was the first convention I had been in 
I don't know, over 20 years probably plus. Yeah. But, um, but I do enjoy them, and particularly... Particularly at this convention, the dealer's room is exceptional. And mm-hmm. so it's just a really buzzing place. That's the happening place. So if you have nothing to do, that's the place you go and you meet somebody and have go. some fun. Did you buy anything or see anything that uh, struck your fancy? I'm not shopping, and I did so- find some things that struck my fancy. And I'm trying to resist. But I honestly, I, my hand was in my in my bag for my wallet today. Yeah. So, I, yeah, if I can... So what was it? Or what are they? Um... Well, there's a couple things. There's a couple mentalism things that uh, work with uh, apps on your telephone that I just find fascinating. And it, um, it's something also I want to research and uh, investigate a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got a few apps on my phone. And I've got so many that I've decided, okay, I'm not going to add any more because I really like the ones I do. And it's just that uh, it's handy to carry that around and do something with my phone and the volunteer's phone and doing it in a very impromptu method. So you don't have to worry about carrying around cards or anything at all, you know. And it's still amazing reading somebody's mind or doing something with an app, you know. That's exactly it. Like I, I'm not a close-up performer. Um, I had a few close-up uh, effects that I would perform if I was in an interview situation or somebody specifically asked me. But that was sort of the attraction today when I watched that I went this would work anywhere and it's, it's so contemporary and young and old would relate to it and so yeah right. no, I think it's just fascinating well aside from that we've had a full day of activity I really haven't talked with many people about the things first of all we had the uh, well let's see you're white and I'm purple yeah. so you saw the session this afternoon I saw the session this morning and so we reversed positions and just catch the other shows uh, so let me ask you about let's see which one did you see this morning as far as it was Charlie Fry John Bannon and Ken Scott. Kind of. I saw Charlie Fry and Sherry, and uh, and was, I lo- I'm a big Charlie Fry fan. Um, he's actually featured in Vanish International Magic Magazine. He's on the cover this this month, and I wrote the articles for them. So oh, I had a little bit of a heads up <laughs> about the book and about the artwork for the book. But uh, just seeing it, um, the book itself, and then listening to Charlie and how he is able to visually comedically take magic to a different level and make it so highly entertaining um just a little bit that he did with the sound effects and how you know it's something so simple and yet it made just a natural gesture be it was funny it it, it gave it depth and and it's great and um it was john that i the other john bannon yes john bannon and i i watched his and i found him really entertaining and he said one or two of the tricks are going to be in the program here, so people that weren't able to, you know, take note of it, they're going to be able to follow through with it. And um, yeah, th- so those were the two that that I, I did. And then we watched the um, Lance Riches um, and uh, Lance Rich this afternoon was right. Yeah, as far as some of the things that uh, are in the book, that is something nice that Sand gives everybody yes. at the end of the day. Usually, you get a program that actually lists. Not only who the people were, but like the tricks they will contribute. So you get a set of lecture notes, kind of with everything then as well. Uh, and then in the general session, yeah, Lance Rich had started off with the Neon Knights, I believe it is, or uh, Neon. What was that? Uh, the title of his book? Wait a second. Ne- okay, I think I it was called. I think it was called Neon Knights or something like yeah, that. Which he the the theme of this year's convention is called Beginnings, and it was great to have him kick that off because the beginning was with the uh, uh, Las Vegas, the the very beginning back in the eighteen hundreds, basically. We There's a copy. Neon, neon Dream. Dreams. And the neon, right? But okay, there we go. That is a beautiful book. It, it, it is stunning, like. yeah. And in a- his presentation, again, he started from the very beginning of uh, when they basically came out and it was a desert and everything. And um, 
then spoke uh, highly of all the magicians, including yourself. You know, was, what casino were you working, by the way, when you were here? Um, well, I did. I debuted in Las Vegas my magic career, which is a little bit rare, and that was at the Riviera Hotel in the Splash Showroom. But the probably the most notable. Uh, show that I had for multiple years was in the Follies Bergere at the Tropicana Hotel and after Lance Burton left the Follies Bergere and went to open his own show at the Hacienda and then Monte Carlo um, I had been substituting for him for about two, two and a half years before he left and oh. they offered me the job full time when he did leave and so it was a wonderful opportunity and it also gave me you know, the opportunity to expand and I, I had access to the very best magicians in the world in Las Vegas, and so Mr. Shimada taught me my doves, and Daniel Cross taught me close-up, and Joni Spina worked with me wow. for art design and, wow. and artistically, and Don Wayne taught me my magic and how. And the, so I, you, you can't. You had the best atop of every one of those categories. Yeah, so I was just extremely fortunate, and um, I come from a classical ballet background so I trained with the National Ballet of Canada as a student and we had the best teachers in the world and when I started I had a couple really bad missteps that cost me a lot of money so I went back to my ballet roots and said who is the best person at designing illusions and they who does it for David Copperfield and they said Don Wayne so that's how and I, I asked for his number and I called him and it was not easy and he didn't take me um, as a student or as a client, uh, he, he, I had to prove myself. Yeah. So he came in. I paid him to come in. He studied everything. He gave me three pages of notes. He came back in two weeks. I had everything done. So he saw I was serious. And, and that's led to a, a lifetime of friendship and mentorism. And just I, he was brilliant. And I learned so much from him. And then from Dawn, I met Joni Spina. And Joni was working with David Copperfield at the time. And uh, she came to see my show. I just put in a a number, which I called Floating and Flying, where um, I had this, I created it myself. um, And then Dawn came in later and helped me clean it up. But I created the method. I I made the whole magic routine myself. And I would fly up to a ball at a certain specific time in the number. And Joni saw it and said, I have an idea. Would you allow me to direct it? And I said, you can do what you want. It was Joni Spina. I was just like, anything. Really? Yes, please give me some advice. (laughs) And she changed. And I was the first magician she worked with other than David Copperfield. She she was intrigued by a woman magician. And again, another lifetime of friendship with Joni. So, I mean, I had a great core group um, and I just loved it. What I hear you saying and the lesson that I think people should take away from this is not to be afraid to reach out and to ask someone for some help. Uh, because you might regret later, you know, what could have been, and you're a perfect example of what happened and what you became because you could have been another one of those stories of what could have been, but you are of what actually happened because you did reach out, you did work with them, you looked for uh, advice, and you received you received with open arms. Yeah, no, I, Scott, I think it's so important to have a core team. And... Um, I, I, to this day, I still mentor people. If people, I'm always trying to help. If somebody, if I can help anybody in any way, yeah. I will. Um, uh, most of my equipment that was in Europe in the the big shows that we had pre-COVID and pre-pandemic, um, you know, th- those shows don't exist anymore. So I, slowly, things have been selling off, and some of the magicians have you know reached out to me and they're like, "Well, we can't do it like you did it, but what do you think?" And we'll just 
you know, brainstorm and come up with a different routine that will apply. And so they actually have now original material from something that existed. So it's it's fun. And, uh, you know, I have great passion for it. People were really generous with me, and I try to be generous with others and to give back because, it, it, you know, it, it, it's forward. an art. Yes, and it's an art form. We, we want to promote the art. We want to promote the creativity. It's not everybody going and buying one trick and you know, performing that trick in a very similar style. It's trying to find yourself as an artist and how you will perform something that's, that's maybe adaptable or uh, complements you as a performer. And what I think you're doing is amazing also to start to wrap up over here is about the uh, thing that you've been doing with Women in Magic for such a long time and not just highlighting and focusing on women but also encouraging others to see some examples of uh, women who have gone before and have been successful. Uh, that they may not have heard of. It may be a little-known person, but uh, it's still a strong personality that is making her way. Yeah, well, fortunately, unfortunately, one of the things we've discovered is a lot of the female magicians were written out of magic's historic timeline. And the magic historians are... Like Day, who knew until a few years ago, thanks to Lance. She is the perfect example of that. And uh, the magic historians are just brilliant in that they have been sharing all of their data and their information. So when I started like trying to find information about Minerva or about Del O'Dell or about the, people were sending me tombs, uh, it, what I had to weed through was just it was remarkable. And I just adore the magic historians that are so generous with their time and their knowledge and how enthusiastic they were that somebody was going to speak about them and include them and try to spread the story and to try to spread so that perhaps these women won't be forgotten. Right, right. And that's why I'm saying it. The the spotlight you put on these ladies is phenomenal and you're doing just uh, uh, the Lord's work here. You're doing something great. I think it's going to last for a long time because it'll be out there digitally. People can find that not only on YouTube but you've got other places. Uh, so if people want to follow you and find out more information, where can, where can they go? Well, um, we have uh, Connie Boyd. No, sorry. My website is ConnieBoydMagic.com but if you want to follow the Magical Women, we have the Magical Women YouTube channel. The we, Magical Women? It's okay. called Magical Women oh. with Connie Boyd. Okay. Um, we have monthly Magical Women articles in Vanish Magic Magazine, and we have featured for the last three years, so that's over 36 magicians, um, many of whom have been on the front or back cover of the magazine. Yeah, or both and, last month. Yeah, yeah, both. In fact, last month we had uh, Megan Swan, who is the current president of the Magic Circle, and Catherine Rhodes, that is the vice president of the Magic Circle. So they have made history. Yeah. And I think also for um, Vanish, it was the first time that they've had female magicians on the front and back cover. So it's just... It's remarkable the quality of the talent that's out there right now, and it's inspiring. And I think we need to, of course, there's always going to be a gender or not, depending who you associate yourself with. But I think it's really important that it's the quality of your work, and that's what makes you, that is the most important thing, in my opinion. And I hope we get to that point. Yeah, so that there will be no... No tokens. That's right. Whatsoever. People that merit. That's kind of like Star Trek, you know, mostly utopians. It doesn't matter what color or alien you are or whatever, that we're all the same. We're all in this together, and so... Yeah, yeah, hopefully. That's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm with you, 100%. Well, Connie, thank you very much for all that you do. I appreciate I, it. Good I, to talk with you. It's a pleasure. <laughs> you just, I'm just in awe of all the podcasts that you have presented. Oh, thank you. And thank you. you do it's magic, a, you just honor it. It's mutual great. Admiration Society, you, you know. <laughs> so with the Magic Word Podcast, that's my friend Connie Boyd, Scotty Allen.
Well, I want to thank Connie Boyd again for talking a little bit as we just started to get in actually a little bit of some of the uh, shows that we had seen today. But I know what uh, you listeners like, and I like to give you what you want. <laughs> so I'm going to give you more of Mark D'Souza. Here he is. <laughs> hey, Scotty. How you doing? <laughs> He and I always uh, provide a little bit of color, like we have uh, at FISM and some other places, and we kind of uh, go over. He keeps some copious notes on some of the acts, or all the acts, I guess, you know, basically. And so we thought we'd kind of run through these things here uh, a little bit. So this morning, uh, let's, my, mine was with a session. So let's start with a right. session, if we can, rather than sure, the, the general, uh, the session. The general yeah. session, which started then with uh, Lance Rich. Well, Julie Yang, first of all, yeah, you got to compliment her. Yeah. She just does such a great job of hosting yeah. that event. I Absolutely forgot there was a Japanese fabulous. guy who did the... Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. There was a, a fellow who did uh, what's commonly referred to as flow dancing sticks. Canes. Flow sticks? Okay. Flow sticks, they call them in, in the juggling world. And they're lighted dancing canes, for lack of a better term. And he's doing tumbling. Oh, he's yeah. He's doing this and with a hula hoop. And a hula hoop, yeah. yeah. It was great stuff. It's, right over. Uh, Peter Pitt would have loved it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and Ray Anderson. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, as you said, Lance Rich started off, he's got his new book out, Neon Dreams, which is the story of magic in Las Vegas. He did a well-put-together presentation, PowerPoint, video, just great stuff, and, and he really did so much research. Brought in a lot of history. Because this is called Beginnings, it was great to have that beginning of exactly. Las Vegas. It was the perfect opener, perfect opener. Uh, he was followed by Matt Pritchard from the U.K., who uh, has just been you know, killing it on, uh, on social media with some amazing illusions uh, done uh, with video. And he explained how some of these things work and showed a couple of things that yeah. he didn't explain. Very interesting, very entertaining, and, and just fascinating to hear how these things are, are put together. Mm-hmm. Just really cool. Uh, he was fall- followed by our Paul Wilson, uh, or as my wife calls him, our Paul Wilson, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who did a wonderful talk on his new documentary on Juan Tamarith. And um, uh, it was a great talk. It was great to hear him talking about working with. Are you in the movie? No, I'm not. No, okay. no, no. But um, uh, you know, Juan is just so well loved in the, in the magic community, and he is just such a fascinating guy. And it's just so good that there'll be a, a documentary about his life. He's he's 80 years old now and retired from performing. Um, so you know, the time is right, but. You know, they're going to finish up the film, and that's going to take funding. There's going to be a Kickstarter campaign for that. And, uh, uh, my gosh, I hope they get that money so they can get the film out, because I know I want to see it. Uh, it's going to be great. And uh, uh, in the cleanup position, Simon Cornell, um, the uh, expat Australian living in Las, Ve- in Los Angeles, a FISM winner, Grand Prix FISM winner in close-up, uh, had a fascinating talk with Julie uh, about, you know, kind of his life and... Uh, preparing for FISM and not intending to go to FISM, but eventually deciding he was going to do that. Right. And um, uh, it was a great talk. And then he finished by performing the FISM act. And it was great to see that for the third time. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yes. We covered that in more detail whenever we were uh, at, in, in Quebec last year. Exactly. So you can go back and listen to Yeah. It wasn't episode six. I don't remember which one it was, That uh, the sixth day. But uh, it was maybe it was earlier than that. Doesn't matter. Just go back and listen to them all. Whatever. So yeah. Um, and and then, then we have the focus sessions, yes. uh, which are individual lectures. Uh, you only get to choose two out of three. The one I didn't go to was the Ken Scott, Joe Romano, and John Abrams on six-figure income doing family shows. Um, I really don't do family shows, uh, so I didn't go because I wanted to see John Bannon more. 
uh, because I need more card tricks. That's exactly. I was the same way. I don't do children's uh, shows or a rare family show, but uh, same thing. I wanted to, And I did learn something uh, from John. Absolutely. John had a great lecture because it wasn't just card tricks. He was talking about some theoretical constructs yeah. of card ma- of any kind of magic, quite frankly. And he was taking some of the classics and saying, well, I didn't like this or that about it, and I can get rid of a double card by just doing this or that or some move or something that he oh, added yeah. to it. Just brilliant thinking. He it's just sets really things deep on these things. Yeah. Intelligent analysis of card magic, and, and his books are great. His material is great. And the, the lecture, I mean, every trick in there was yeah. a great trick. It was really cool. Uh, and the other one was Charlie Fry. Uh, oh, my God. I think the lecture should have been titled Stuff You'll Never Be Able to Do. Um, this it was guy, just entertaining to watch him. He is so talented. Yeah. He is so incredible. Start with a movie video. Oh, yeah, the videos of uh, some of the things that he posted during the pandemic yeah. online, which were incredible. But um, he just ran through a whole gamut of juggling stuff, magic stuff, gag stuff. It was great. Standing ovation. Yeah. I mean, it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, he said, I'll take questions. I said, Oh, can you talk about some billiard balls? Oh, sure. He did a full billiard ball routine. I was like, what? You know. Yeah. It's, it's, well, then this evening, I saw the evening show. Did you see the evening show? Or no, I'm about to go you see You just saw Ben now. Seidman then. No, I didn't see Ben Seidman. I see him tomorrow night. Okay. So what did so, you do? So uh, I had dinner, hung out with people. Oh, you didn't have anything going on? No, oh. nothing going on tonight. Okay. So uh, I saw the close-up show this afternoon. And... Um, Am I allowed to talk about it because it's so early in the convention? Let's talk about that later. Okay. I'm we'll gonna, I've got a full episode here already. And good. Some of these things kind of come together. We good. can kind of compare notes also because the evening show was really good. Good. I, I think, uh, I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going down there to get in line. Uh, and, yeah, there's some FISM winners that are in there. So uh, Yeah, I kind of figured that. Yeah. I, I knew they were here. It's going to so. be great. And so I've got Ben Seidman then in about Good. a half hour, so I'm going to be seeing that. him. You'll I think it's going to be a wrap here for today. We had a lot of content. Actually, say a day. It was kind of pre-convention activity beforehand uh, when uh, we arrived in uh, Las Vegas. And then that was kind of a full day yesterday because I kept running into everybody. and wanted to say hi, and so wanted to share all that. And so tomorrow will be day two officially of the convention and so be sure to come back and tune in for that and then mark and i will uh, give you a little recap then later for what's been happening so until then that was mark souza this is scotty out good night all